The following episode of TOEFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild course language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian, or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax, this is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson, hello. We'd started a Tofop off air. We really did. That was like, a, that, that we, we were getting deep and we were starting to really philosophise and we were like, you know what, we're doing two episodes. Well, we did one, our footy podcast just yeah. before and then uh, we're doing this in a row, trying to get uh, it done in one night this week. Yeah. Um, yeah, so sure. We're not like Olympic athletes or anything, but we'll do a podcast marathon. Right, exactly. Well, back to back. Yeah. I mean, it's not a marathon, really. <laughs> it's like two. We're like Usain Bolt. Like, you know, we ran the 100 and then the 200 and then we were like, we're the greatest athlete of all time. Yeah. You ran 300 metres, but <laughs> can't even run a 400. Probably couldn't even beat the guy who ran 400. <laughs> it is amazing, isn't it? How we um, you know, rank... Like, I mean, I know we talked about Usain Bolt last time. I'm not going to bore everyone senseless, but... Um, yeah, but the ability to run 100 metres is actually less impressive. Like, the ability to run 100 metres fast is less impressive than the ability to run a marathon, for example. Technically, but it's not. It's just much more exciting. Yeah. Like, the guy who runs f- fucking f- nearly 50 fucking kilometres, he, like, yeah, but you're not as good as that guy who ran for 100 metres. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's he a... ran faster. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 impact sport's more exciting. Right. That's why more people go to baseball than golf. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, yeah, it's not quantity we're looking for, guys. <laughs> Just fucking get it over in 10 seconds. Be awesome. Uh, what have you been up to? What's been going on in your world? Uh, just been working a lot, uh, which is good. I mean, it's funny. I've just come into a real period of being busy in a bunch of different things. It's one of those careful what you wish for things. You know, you sort of go, oh, wouldn't be, I'm going to, these are my goals for the year. This is what I want to get happen. And then all those things start happening. You're like, oh, Shit, <laughs> I better start swimming. Oh my God. Like I've got, how's this? This is how fucking stupid I am. I'm already too fucking busy. Like, you know, it, I it's ridiculous. I'm not getting all the things that I have done at the moment because I'm so fucking flat out with everything. And then the other day, I, out of the blue, was like, I'm going to do a podcast about Australian Survivor. <laughs> because I've always wanted to do a Survivor podcast because I love Survivor. And the last time the American one was on, I was like, I'm going to do a podcast about American Survivor. And then I didn't. And then I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do a podcast about Australian Survivor. And I got Foz to design me a fucking logo <laughs> and everything. And then I watched the first episode of Australian Survivor. And I went, fuck this shit. <laughs> I, I don't have time for another podcast. Mate, but if I did, it would you not have be to justify that artwork. You just have to pull out. It's, it's a pilot. You have to do a pilot. Even if it's to say, I, this will never go beyond one episode, give your thoughts on Australian Survivor. No, no, no. I'm going to do American Survivor now. This, okay. is a good, this is a good lead time. My rash decision about wanting to do an Australian Survivor podcast has now put me in a good position for my rebuild to get everything right for when I actually get serious and do a US Survivor podcast. Yeah. I am going to do that because I do already have the name, which is Outwill, uh, out, Outplay, Outlast. So, yeah. Outwill, so, Outplay, Outlast. Last, yeah. 
Yes, their slogan is our wit, our play, our last. I'm so, aware. I'm yeah. aware. So I really did just come up with the pun first and then <laughs> work the podcast out from there. But anyway. So, so will it be a review show, like a Talking Dead kind of thing? Yeah, I, that's what I thought it would be because I love talking about Survivor. and <laughs> the, Well, I do too, but the band. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I the Tiger is a great song. Yeah, you, you do a podcast at the same time yeah. that is only about talking about I the Tiger <laughs> and no other Survivor. Yeah. But you're always like, I'm a massive Survivor fan, but then you only <laughs> ever talk about I the Tiger. Yeah, and I kept using your hashtag and drawing like <laughs> clicks over to my site. No, I um, I love talking about it, and I love talking about the players and the philosophy of it. Like the American one, I find just such a compelling. You really TV do. You show. have box sets of. Survivor. I've watched every single season. There's been 38, 33 seasons of Survivor. Wow! And I've watched every season. Oh my of god! I had no idea you had yeah. such a problem. <laughs> yeah, and I love it. I love the way it's developed. And then I watched the Australian one, and it hurt me. Right. Like it's one of those things where they've clearly got kind of, kind of the rights. They can't use the music, but they can kind of use the font and stuff. And they've done their best. Like, by the way, Australian television is actually often awesome. Like some of our sports television gets adapted around the world and all sorts of things, but they don't have the budget that the American one has. Mm. So the American one will often do this thing where it has that like survivor music. And then they'll just do this like awesome, like camera shot. And then like, yeah, editing of like a crab going across the beach. But the way they put the music and the crab scuttling together, they're like, Oh fuck, something's about to happen. That crab knows. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's heading for the water. And then in the Australian one, they literally tried to replicate that moment. Like they had their own crab crab moment and it looked like one of the cameramen had filmed it on his iPhone when they were on a break and then they tried to fucking make it look good in post. It was so shit. They just cut to a single thong just floating in the shore on the sand. And the other thing about it is they've got a whole tribe full of people, Charlie, who are idiots, like who don't know how to survive. Big Survivor Island. Well, this is the, the thing for me is that like Survivor is not about like, it's not I'm a celebrity, get me out of here where you're dumping a bunch of celebrities and then ha ha, they can't survive, right? No, Survivor, most of the time you can survive to a certain point. Maybe there'll be one or two people who can't build shit or don't know how to make fire or whatever, but most of them go out there going, oh, well, this is Survivor. I'm going to need to, there was a whole tribe full of people who were like, how do we put up a fucking hut? I'm like, no, that's not Survivor. Normally there's like one or two people who don't know how to. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, fuck that show. <laughs> Would you, uh, you've obviously fantasized about going on it. I've, you know what I've fantasized about? And I have fantasized about this a lot, which is I would love, okay. I was about to say, speaking of uh, simulations and virtual reality, but we, we were before this podcast started. So anyway, if there were a game, if virtual reality could offer me, so if this is a step forward in virtual reality, at the moment, I'm not really excited about virtual reality. But if, say, for example, um, you know... Uh, Have you done it? I've had a like, go at it in the shops. <laughs> like at the Optus store <laughs> yeah, and shit, yeah. where they're doing free demos. I've had a go at it there. But uh, no, I haven't had a proper one. But say in the future, there's a way that you could... Okay, so this is how you can play... You can combine gaming with like TV entertainment where there's a series of Survivor but through some sort of simulation they do based on the footage they have and whatever, I could put myself as a character into that season and then play like in the simulation a series of Survivor without me having to... Choose your own adventure in virtual reality. Yeah. Like if I could go and see how I go in Survivor, that'd be a fucking awesome game. In fact, I would play that over and over trying to develop like, am I better to try, you know, to be nice? Am I better to try to be conniving? What if I make alliances with, I I would find that a really fucking fun game. So yeah, I do kind of wonder how I would go. I'd be terrible at all the physical stuff. And I think that I would be probably, 
okay at the social game, but not great. And my strategy would probably be okay, but not great. I think I would, I wouldn't be too much of a threat yeah. to people. Yeah. Like, so I think that like, I, and often if you're not a threat, you get to keep in it for a while. And as long as I was, and I've watched it enough to know, just be in good spirits most of the time and just have a crack put in. Yeah. Like when people need you to do stuff, just go and do stuff and be a nice person. Yeah. Like, you know, some of those things. But after a while, you get fucked over because I don't really have any sort of... You know who you want to be? You want to be Hicks in Aliens. You know how Hicks... He, to, when the film starts and that whole Marine Corps is together, he's not the leader. But then all these people die when they assault the alien cave that first time. And by default, he becomes the leader. And he doesn't want it because he doesn't, you know, he doesn't see himself as that. But when it comes down to it, He's really good. I feel like that would be my strategy. Default yeah. leadership. Yeah, default. Yeah, I agree. That's it. You just lay low because as soon as you put your hand up for it, it's like that old saying, anyone who wants to be a politician right. isn't worth voting for. Yeah, exactly. Let all the people who want it get out of the way yeah. first. Expose themselves. And then just be the leader of the people who don't want it. Mm. Be the one of the people who doesn't want it who doesn't want it the least. Yeah. <laughs> None yeah. of us want it, but I guess if someone has to, now now it's my time. Yeah, yeah. Just be average all the way to the top. <laughs> but, but the physical challenges, like, I mean, are beyond my capacity, most of them, even the ones of endurance and stuff like that. Yeah. So I don't think I'd be very good at that side of it. I think I'd be okay at the... Where's Will? I don't know. He discovered this uh, plantation deep in the forest. He's been there all day. He's made a coconut into a bong. <laughs> I mean, there would be an element of that if you found some sweet island where there was like some plants. There'd be a little bit of time where you just go off and... Yeah. What's Why is Will chewing on that root? <laughs> I don't know, but his fucking pupils like dinner plates. He's literally chewed on every root since he's got here and he's finally found one he liked. Yeah, I, I definitely he's, would. He's been poisoned 16 times. <laughs> it was worth it, says Will. I've had eight helicopter rides. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I would go. I mean, I think I'd probably get, I mean, because there's such alpha personalities that mm. I throw into the mix there. I probably would, my, I'd probably get tired and hungry and then I would like, my. I would use my words to snap at somebody <laughs> and it would not I don't think that would go well. Is there, because uh, I don't really, I mean, I know what Survivor is, obviously, yeah. and I have seen bits and pieces, but is there, how far does a personality like that get on the show? Like a guy whose primary uh, attribute is strategy. How do they normally go? Yeah, well... Do they I, ever go all the way? Like, yeah, yeah, they can go all the way. Yeah, I mean, in, and to be honest, like, recently, what's happened is, because when it first started out, there, there was certainly an element of, like, you know, there was a period of time in the game of Survivor where uh, the strongest... This is why I love it. It's kind of a bit like the AFL. Like, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> oh, God. But there's been different time periods where like being a different type of player has been advantageous to you. So there was a period of time where if you were really good at the physical challenges, that was a great advantage. But now because of that, the strategy players, if someone's like comes in too strong and starts winning, like you said, don't put your hand up, starts winning a bunch of physical challenges are like, well, we'll keep them here for a while to build huts and get coconuts and shit and win challenges for our team. But once this gets the one-on-one, we're all going to team up together because fuck that guy. He'll beat us all if we leave him here until the end. Yeah, right. So then you start to strategize and then it's a time where you don't actually want to be like the one who's winning the challenges or you have to keep winning challenges so people can't so how does the how does the order or the rhythm of like voting people off it's got to be a balance right between getting rid of dead wood 
Early but, on, but get also rid of Deadwood. Uh, Deadwood early, and then yep. threats to leadership. So early on, so normally they start out, they'll either have like three tribes or two tribes. So of of late, there's there kind of is like been three tribes. So like they might have theme ones now. So it'll be like brain versus brawn versus beauty, right? So you right. got three tribes, and they all start out together. Yeah. And as long as you're not the tribe that goes to tribal council, brain versus beauty versus dizzy, <laughs> such yeah. a group of people like ah. Oh. Oh, the boat ride over here. A lot of people oh. with really bad vertigo. <laughs> They're just moaning, lying in the sand, moaning. Oh, oh those palm trees keep turning. <laughs> Very good at the strategic game, but can't keep anything down. <laughs> So um, you compete in these challenges, like, and they do a really good job these days of, like, you know, combining. Like, so you might have to, like, you know, run through something, climb up something, but there might be a puzzle element. There'll be some sort of teamwork element. So they try to test, you know, and as it goes on, there might be like tests of endurance or like kind of, you know, like memory and stuff like that. So they do kind of challenge a range of your skills. Mm. But essentially, if you lose a challenge, your tribe has to vote somebody out. That's basically how it works. So it only comes down to strategies and alliances and stuff when you lose. Right. So as long as you're winning. So at the start, you know, you can have tribes that it's don't go to tribal council for like five, six oh, weeks. Oh, because if you're winning, you don't have to vote anyone out. Anyone. Right. So you'll have a tribe that are all getting along like a house on fire because there's never You're the Beatles. A- right. You're the Pixies. You yeah. just fucking click. And there's been no reason for you, any of you guys to actually hate each other. Except because, Frank Black is your lead. <laughs> right. But then there's a point where they go, oh, well, now you have to, like, if you lose a challenge, yeah, right. then you have to go back and, like, sort of vote someone out. So Makes as soon sense. as that starts, people start, you know, making alliances and stuff. And people will switch alliances. But, you know, it's... But the, the most interesting thing about Survivor is, like, I, and then this is what makes it really interesting to me, is it's a jury system at the end. So... The great thing about the game is, like, they say that you have to outwit, out, uh, play at last, right? But um, really what happens is, so you have this physical part of it at the start. You're surviving the elements and you're, like, no so sleep. So, just and- pause for a second. So, the outwit, outlast, outplay? Outwit, outlast, outplay. Yeah. Yes. So, is that a message from the producer saying, this is the pyramid of skills required? Right. So, you must have intelligence yes. as, a, as the top of the pyramid. You must have endurance, physical endurance, I'm assuming. You can extend yeah, that too. That's right. And the last bit, outplay, what would that refer to? Well, I mean, it refers to the game of Survivor itself, but also the competitive, like the games within the... The puzzles? Know, the puzzles and the like, yeah, events and supports and all those sort of things. Would you agree with that triangle? Yeah, I think it's the perfect description of the show. It's why it's such an effective show is they actually really understand the the three core elements of the show. And as long as they get the balance of those three core elements right, you yeah. always have a great season. So what happens is at the start, the stronger win and you want the stronger in, right? You know, the stronger tend to win or you keep them around to help you build and, you know, yeah, lift things and do all those sort of things. <laughs> but after a while... <laughs> You've got to be disappointed when that's your primary function. After a while. Well, that's sometimes why you're handy. Yeah. You're like, well, who else would lift that thing? We you need better... someone on this island with tiny hands. Right. We know there's eggs in there, but we can't reach them. But that's the truth. And if you're the only person who can reach the eggs in the tiny hole, then yeah. suddenly you have a value on the island. You know right? what I would do, though, is because I would reach in there and realize there's a limited number of eggs. I would, like diamonds, I would pretend there was few because I'm the only one who can feel how many eggs are in there. Right. I would pretend there was fewer than there are. So instead of bringing it two at a time, just one at a time, so that I become useful for longer. I mean, I think, okay, so I reckon you would go quite well on Survivor. And here's why I would tell you why. Firstly, your tiny hands would be helpful <laughs> because often they hide the immunity idols. 
because there's like right. because you try to win an idol, but they actually give some immunity idols that sometimes you can play to great advantage at tribal council, yeah. and people will find them and keep them a secret, and it gives you an advantage, right, in your gameplay. Yeah. And they're often hidden under things or in nooks and crannies. So yeah. I think tiny firstly, your tiny hands would be perfect. Yeah. Secondly, your feet you go pretty well in the challenges, but you're not like a super sports person, so you would be like mid mid range. You'd be a very Big-hearted big tryer. Yeah, exactly. You'd be the survival version of a big-hearted tryer and you're pretty good company to GOP. be around. Yeah. I, I don't know if your, like, you know, ruthless strategy game would be, like, high on your list of skills, but I feel like if some if there was a strong player that you could, like, you know, get Align tucked myself. under the arm, arm of, you'd be, like, the facilitator of keeping the rest of the alliance. Like, if there was a big, strong, dominant figure who was kind of playing the game, yeah. but he needed, like, a right-hand man to, like, keep the other players you've got on your alliance cool with the alliance, because yeah. like, everyone doesn't really like that dude. Yeah. You'd be a perfect... You'd be a perfect conciliary. I'd be a little finger. Yeah, you'd, be, you'd totally be a little finger. Yeah, I'd just more be... more ways than I'd, one. <laughs> I'd just be strolling around the island, my, you know, my hands clasped behind my back, yeah. just strolling around yeah. and just communicating with people. Are you right? That's the, my first strategy would be, like you, to let the biggest and the loudest take yeah. center stage, align myself with them, get a feel for the kind of personality they are and what they respond to. And then I would use that. If I felt like they're an aggressive alpha male type, right. I would befriend them, but then go and speak to the other groups and just... And be on their side and be like, yeah, this guy's a bit of a tool, but you right. know, I know how to talk to him. So suddenly make myself valuable to the other people. And then I vote So kind off. of a prison approach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. No, I've always been very good at being a diplomat. Yeah. And that I allow all, I allow people to play all their cards and it helps me get a better read on them. But uh, I wouldn't be as bold as to try and seize power straight no. away. I, would, I wouldn't even... I would wait till it got down to the final say, like... Five, five or four or five. Okay, so here's where it gets interesting because as it goes down, there's actually a jury. So Survivor the Game, there's a series of challenges, but then it gets down to a final two or three depending on which season it is. And out of those people, there is a voting system. Mm. So what happens is the people who are voting are all the people who got eliminated right. as it gone on. So, so you can't be too big a bastard. So part of it is that you've got to have those people <laughs> on the jury to vote for you to say that you are the person who yeah. like should be the sole survivor. But here's the other thing. All those people have different motivations. The game player, for example, who just got recently eliminated in a great twist where you betrayed them may admire the way you played the game. Yeah, right. They may see that often what happens is someone like a you, like yeah, someone who just goes along, because you can actually get swept through. Yeah, to flying the, under the radar. Flying under the radar because you want to take people with you to the final three if you have control yeah. who you think you can beat in the final yes. thing, right? And one of the allegations will be they never made any plays. You know, they just got swept along. You know, they're like that player on a premiership team that, it, yeah, really just, they were lucky that they were at the right place at the right time. Yeah. And that will be used. And people will go, yeah, no, it's fair enough. This other person made more big moves. Yeah, yeah. That's a big thing in Survivor. People want to know you made some big moves. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's a respect thing? Yes. At some stage, you've got to make a big move. You've got to play the game. That's the outplay. Right. So right. if you haven't done the outplay, yeah. if, they, if they feel you haven't, literally you know made a play at some stage then you know you, you often don't win go around organize crime style and just threaten all their families well the other <laughs> once great, you're off the other great thing about it is and this is what i think the australian one is missing and this will sound like a and it's not meant to sound like that i actually just mean in a really practical sense which is the australian one's not very sexy 
Right. And one of the great things about Survivor has always been, you know, obviously these people are half naked for, you know, a lot of it. And they're increasingly just like getting in better and better shape, a lot of them. <laughs> like, really, that's yeah. one of those shows. But often sexuality is used within the show. Uh, as strategically. A, oh, the amount of times someone has flirted their way into, yeah, male and female. To help them or to have an alliance. Oh, yeah, both. And male to male and female to female. And yeah, all. right. I mean, because Survivor, this is another thing that I will say that I like about it very diverse in its casting right like, because because part of it is putting all these like different people with different life stories and experiences in the one environment for drama so it's often a very kind of diversely representative and yeah you know, often against type you know like mm. you know not necessarily casting you know archetypical sort of characters or you know kind of cliches or anything like you know kind of going for things that are counterintuitive so mm. i like it in that regard it's the uh, Star Trek of reality shows. Yeah, I like to think it's the Star Trek of reality shows. In fact, when they do a reboot, we'll get J.J. Abrams in. He'll do a good job with Survivor. There was a period um, when Survivor came out where every kind of sketch comedy team did a Survivor parody, which is nearly always about survivors being stuck in the middle of the Yarra or like a park in a local suburb or something like that. I was initially cynical about Survivor. In fact, I didn't watch the first series live. And in fact, Adam and Spencer and I on the radio used to mock like, the idea of people who watch Survivor. But I was wrong. I, I got into it a couple of series later and then I went back and watched the first series. But I... Um, Is this your mere culpa, Will? Yeah. I've, 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 it's, it, you know what? It's worn heavily on me. <laughs> I've been holding this burden for quite a long time and finally I'm glad to talk about it. But yeah, no, I, I mean, I love the show so much. Jeff Probst, who's the host of it, is um, so fucking good at being a TV host. Like, he's a guy that you just don't ever want to see anything but host Survivor. He's so good. And seeing Anthony LaPaglia, no, not uh, not Anthony, Jonathan LaPaglia, who's hosting the Australian one. Um, although I actually would have loved to see Anthony LaPaglia <laughs> host the Australian one. That would have been a good take. But um, Jonathan LaPaglia kind of looks the part. Mm. But like the, one of the teams was being really pathetic in the challenge. And one of the things that Jeff Probst can do so well is that because he's hosted that show for 33 seasons and he knows it back to front, mm. like he would have, when the team couldn't build a hut and were joking about the fact that none of them can do it, he would have actually taken them to task. Because he would have been like, you know, 15,000 people apply for this and they all wanted to come out here and have a go at playing this game properly. Like, wow, does he say that? Well, I mean, he would have said a better version of You're that. Right, yeah. But but they take it seriously as a game, like right. as an event, you know, and the idea that you would go there to kind of mock it or like the thing on Survivor is people have fallen into fucking fires and had like, <laughs> yeah, been bitten by stuff and shit and not wanted to leave the game. <laughs> like, so the there's occasions when someone will leave the game and it is so fucking frowned upon. Like, it's really like you are... Like, one guy had to leave a couple of seasons ago because, like, his son was, like, dying or something. And there were still some people who were like, yeah, but his son didn't die. Like, <laughs> you know, like, people get really fucking serious about it. Wow. And people have wanted to play it all their life. So, you know, when they do have to pull out for whatever reason, it's always devastating. It's a, But it's so interesting because people, like, you know, over the years, there's been people who've gone in and just lied about everything. Like one guy lied about his, like I think a dead mother, and like I mean, there's people who go to in with a sympathy. very kind That's of his strategy. Yeah, and yeah. there is a woman in the Australian one who's claiming she's an insurance agent, but is actually a private detective who's about the only interesting character. So private detective. Yeah, that's a good character to have. Yeah. 
You know she's probably a detective because she walked around in an overcoat with a magnifying glass. <laughs> she's not very good at it. Not very private. And not very private. Every time she detective. walks in, you hear... Which she's actually just humming. Yeah. And then she does like monologues to herself. It was a sultry night. I was drunk more gin than I had sent in my head. Yeah. She's... um. I, they they do well those sort of characters. One of the Russell in the most recent series in the American one, or like a couple of years ago, who's a kind of the most recent villainous character who did very well. He um he, he was a cop, I reckon. Like, well, you your, often find that like those sort of characters do well. Who's your all time favorite survivor? <sighs> That's pretty hard. Um, there's this guy Rupert who was this like Rupert. Is that what I'm saying? Oh, anyway, there, he um. Uh, hang on, I'm going to look, look it up and just make sure that I'm saying the right thing. But I think his name's Rupert. Um, and he uh, is one of my favourites. Oh, look, you know what? I have like, I mean, all, over the series, I always have like a couple. And then they do all, this is another thing about Survivors. All stars. They'll often do all, all stars or like, you know, um, uh, you know, kind of like rounds of people who haven't won or fan favourites and stuff like that. So anyway. I love Survivor. I'm going to do a podcast about it. Rupert. Rupert Boneham. <laughs> That's not his name. I'm going to show you uh, some images of uh, Rupert. Can I see his bone? Yeah. So It's Mick, it's Mick Foley, I'm <laughs> it pretty sure. Like, it does look like Mick Foley in a tie-dye singlet. <laughs> so, uh, Rupert. Let's have a look at Rupert's Wikipedia page. Boneham. Yeah. Bonham? Uh, oh, Bonham. He's an American uh, mentor for troubled teens. See? And a WWE wrestler. Who became known to reality television audiences in 2003 as the contestant on Survivor Pearl Islands, where he placed eighth. He later appeared on All Stars, Heroes vs. Villains, and Blood vs. Water. Was he a hero or a villain in the hero? He villain? was a hero. Right. And uh, he placed fourth. Hang on, sorry. <clears throat> put it, just put a pin in. So there was an episode that was heroes and villains. Yeah. So there was characters who were literally the most unpopular ones yep. to come back. That's genius. Yeah. And yep. did any of them transform into good guys by the end of oh, it? Oh, yeah. There was a little bit of a swapping over. Like, I mean... It has to, right? Yeah. There was there was some, definitely. There was... Hang on. Heroes versus villains. Who was... Uh, um, who'd they... Oh, well, Richard Hatch, who was the original winner. He was considered a villain. Really? Yeah. Partly because he'd um, had to go to prison for like cheating on his taxes. Yeah, but he was a villain the, on the, the show. First as well. guy said to him, "You're Richard Hatch. Now it's time to go down the hatch." <laughs> anyway, he was a survivor. And hey, Richard, how you doing? Good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was a oh, there was this guy um, down the hatch. Hatch. <laughs> I just can't get past that. Anyway, the hatch. I'll go back to Rupert. Yeah. Um, so he was on, uh, yeah, All Stars, Heroes versus Villains, Blood versus Water, and his original season, Survivor Pearl Islands. And of course, uh, Richard Hatch first season, Survivor Pearl Necklace. No, no. Down the hatch. Come on. <laughs> no. Uh, here we go. Oh, here we go. Um, he was ultimately a fan favorite among uh, Survivor viewers who voted him the million dollar winner on Survivor America's Tribal Council, a special episode of Survivor All-Stars where America got to vote on who they thought should be the million-dollar winner. And <laughs> Rupert won. Uh, the prize was awarded... Okay, blah, blah, blah. Oh, here we go. The prize was awarded after a nationwide popular vote in which Bonham 
Now think about this. There's been 33 seasons. I don't know what it was when they did this, but like heaps, right? 18 players a season or so. He received 85% of the votes cast. Wow. Like that's fucking Saddam Hussein numbers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Uh, Bowden was the 2012 Libertarian nominee for Governor of Indiana. Nice, he's a Libertarian. Losing to Republican Mike Pence, who is now running for Vice President of the United States of America. Oh my God. Rupert was that close to being fucking Donald Trump's running mate. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it works like that. Uh, All right. And 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 he made a cameo... In the film A Million Ways to Die in the West. I saw that film. Yeah. I don't remember him. No, well, you wouldn't, much you wouldn't be that no, film. know what to look for. Yeah. Here we go. During Survivor Pearl Islands, Bonham quickly became one of the most popular Survivor contestants and was well known as the Gentle Giant for his distinctive appearance, which included a huge beard, tie-dye shirt. Hagrid. is Hagrid, basically. He was Hagrid. Shopping- <laughs> Hagrid goes Hawaiian. That's what they should have called this season of Survivor. Hagrid goes Hawaiian. He was Hagrid. Uh, And a boisterous, friendly, but focused personality. He's Hagrid. Uh, Bonin was a pre-selected member of the Drake tribe. Oh, yeah. They were the coolest tribe. They were the coolest tribe. Yeah. They started from the bottom, now they're here. During the the contest I played, you just have to hold on. He's coming on. (laughs) Uh, um, yes, he was a member of the Drake tribe <laughs> uh, before his arrival on Island for Survival Pearl Islands. For the first three episodes, here we go. He was a part of an alliance with Sandra, Diaz, Twine, Krista, Hasty, and Trish Dunn. You don't need to know who those people are. In episode four, Bonham's tribe lost immunity, but he was kidnapped what? by the Vulcan <laughs> tribe. How's that possible? Is that like a real kidnapping? Yeah, I mean Liam Neeson was involved. It was a it was a weird cross promotion that we were doing at the time uh, by the Morgan tribe and did not attend tribal council. Uh, but how can no? Can we explain what the kidnapping is? Like, I, I think they won a like one of the other tribes won a so thing you can where select. they could take right. one of the people. So that, it's not like they threw a fucking sack over his head and no. dragged him into a van. That'd be pretty great though. <laughs> He temporarily, I can't remember this, but I, I love this. He temporarily looked after a sea snake named Balboa, <laughs> who was the namesake of the merged tribe. Right. Uh, in episode six, Drake lost their third immunity challenge and Dunn conspired with John Dalton, Diaz, Twine and Sean Cohen to vote out Rupert. Why? What what grounds? I can't remember. He talks the he, fucking mu- snake all the time. Too much. Th- I'm pretty sure he found those roots at Will found. Too much of a threat. I would have thought, because he was like physically imposing. Oh, right, really? Yeah. And also, everybody loved him. So, like, you got to get rid of that guy. You know what I mean? But when you want to hold on to him until it's down to you. Yeah, but not for too long. Right. If you got to take it, sometimes you just got to take the opportunity to get rid of the big man, you know? Big call, though. If he's that popular and you're conspiring to get rid of him, there's a chance those guys could say, fuck you, we're getting rid of you now. Right. Anyway, he, um,. He, he didn't get voted out that time, but you don't know. I mean, there's not much more that you really like will enjoy hearing about that. But, mm. um, but he was great. He was he was so he was probably my favourite. The end by Will Anderson, <laughs> age nine, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why he's my favourite survivor ever.
The end. That's what I did on my holidays. <laughs> when uh, we were in year eight, Michael Chamberlain and I went to the same high school and we had to do, for PE, it was like an assignment on us. You had to pick a sport. Mm. <laughs> Michael did his in WWF wrestling. Oh, yeah. And uh, like, it was, you know, what you'd expect for a year eight assignment where it's like, you know, handwritten, but, you know, with he'd cut out photos from wrestling magazines and stuff. And I just remember one... Uh, photo he'd cut out was you know Hulk Hogan holding the pythons up and underneath Michael's written the caption Hulkamania colon the most powerful force in the universe <laughs> and then next to it our teacher had written this is not a sport Michael please see me <laughs> he got, mean, they failed him they said WWF wasn't a sport Michael had a particular dislike for this PE teacher I seem to remember allow him to he can defend himself uh, uh, when we see him after the grand final, but I seem to remember he, he I think it was a bit of a fuck you. Do you think PA his teacher. PA teacher drew a strict line between sports and sports entertainment? <laughs> yes, definitely. It's like, you know what? One yeah. sports and one sports entertainment. He used to say like, you know, what you see, the superstars flying high, please do not try this at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the teacher was like, you know what? I respect The Rock for his contribution to sports, but not to entertainment. It's funny how PE teachers are kind of perverts. <laughs> Notoriously perverts. Is that what you're trying to say? No. Notoriously sex offenders. Are they really? I think that I am probably. We had a great PA teacher who wasn't at all. Yeah. And we had one other te- PA teacher who at least gave the appearance of being slightly dodgy. If I'll give him the benefit I guess of the it's, doubt, it's, which it, I don't think that it, I need. There to, is but. more of a, an inherent grey area when. You know, you're in a room full of Getting boys people to showering. Bend over and just like, you know, there's just, yeah, there's a, and there's been a bad record of it, you know, in America and college football and all those sort of things. There's been a whole bunch of sex offenses and all those sort really? of things. Really? Yeah. Well, it's institutions, man. Right. Like, you know, you find these you know, institutions where people find their way into roles where they can, you know, pursue their, you know, whatever. That's like, why you don't pay for your kid to get tennis lessons. Yeah, right? Private tennis lessons. Yeah, I mean, there's just some sort of things where you're like... I guess some sports are sexier than others. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? You probably don't hear about much of that happening in ice hockey or something. It's interesting, the relationship between the coach and the athlete. Like, there's been some... I, I didn't watch much of the Olympics, I must admit, but there's been some interesting, like, you know, where you see the, the way the coaches and the athletes relate to each other in different sports. And it's I, a weird uh, arrangement. It's a weird relationship to is, have as uh, to have as an adult. It's a weird relationship. Did you see that? Someone who's not your parent telling right. you how to behave. And telling you. And, like, you know, yeah. really kind of demanding these things of you that sometimes... Do you yeah. ever... Have you ever responded to, like, negative negative reinforcement like someone trying to challenge you through negative not immediately it would be a bad tactic to well actually just to start off with no to be, kick the door in and say hey Anderson fuck you well uh, to be honest the best way to get me to do something is to tell me that the my only option is, is to do the complete opposite right so if you are cunning enough to like have worked that out yeah. so for example this morning I'll just give you a practical example of this um because every week when I go on Perth Radio to um, plug Gruen on a Monday morning, I end up talking about The Bachelor instead. And so it's become a bit of a running joke that like I've never talked about my own show and I always talk about the show that's against my show. And so today they told me off air that they had got word from ABC Publicity. Could they please talk about Gruen in the spot and not just about other things? But the thing is that ABC, a- ABC Publicity, like don't fucking fight my battles for me. And secondly... It's not a battle. I was the, like, they want to talk about growth. They're very nice about the show. I just now have a running joke that I think is hilarious that I never mentioned the show. 
they've given me the whole like you know hey we've got the word that we you know we, we'll just talk about it today and so they told me that and then i went on and then every time they asked me a question about what was on the show mm -hmm. i read out the description <laughs> from the newspaper of the thing on each channel that was up against us like a james bond movie yeah. and like the bachelor and offspring they were like what's on the show and i'd be like uh bond uh, <laughs> finds an emergency in the mountains and because okay so i do respond in that way yeah and occasionally i respond to negative like if someone has a real go if it, my, I, the thing my attitude to criticism is always very simple which is it hurts if i believe if it's true if i believe that the thing that they are saying is true mm. then of course it hurts but if i don't believe that it's true then it doesn't really affect me too much so what what will happen in my process is if if some criticism comes my way it might take me a couple of days to kind of assess in my head is this criticism that um i believe or think there's some validity in and thus it probably does if like you know then i mm. go all right let's address this or maybe after a couple of days i'm like shut up like you're fine you're just doing what you want to do and like you know not everyone's going to like it but yeah. but you're happy with the way yeah so uh, yeah i don't i mean but well, no not really i i'm not someone who wants someone to yell at me no, or I've someone to i've never been I like, like that i like productive working relationships where people lift, lift each other up not kind of tear each other well, apart. my my personal trainer i've been working with the reason i picked her is because i was in the gym and i saw that she would work with old people right um differently abled people you know uh, men women all kind and mutants you mean mutants. Like special powers <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 mutants uh yeah. but she she has a manner of... now we're gonna work today on your abs and your laser vision <laughs> <laughs> your titanium claws right yeah. uh but she she <laughs> she flex and and shink and and shink and yeah but she never, um, we've never, like, she's never raised her voice. She never does any of that kind of, like, come on, one more, let's right. do it. Like, because I am plenty, I'm motivated enough to right. be here. I'm in yeah. the gym. You I'm just wanted to tell you the right ways to do it. And yeah, stuff don't, like that. so I don't hurt myself. Yeah. You know? I don't need you to motivate me. I came here. Yeah, that's Of right. my own accord. Yeah. I hired you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but then there's some people who do need that, I guess. They need someone to, like, push them and yeah, whatever. I, but I also think there is this, uh, there is this kind of, you know, we live in this social media world now where we're all presenting this image to each other. And so it's very easy to think that everyone else has their shit together and success is based on, you know, the shit that we surround sure. ourselves with, the life, the image we want to create for ourselves. And I think, I don't know what it's been through uh, marketing or capitalism, whatever it is, but we're, we've been given this idea that it's like, you know, a, a survival of the fittest, it's a jungle out there, you know, you promote success, you be successful. And so people apply that to every area of their life, such as, you know, motivating themselves to exercise or whatever. And I, I think there's, there's another path. Like there is another way. Like there's, I, it, it feels like we're being told that there's only one gear to success. And I don't think that's true. Well, I do, I do think that is capitalism. Like, I mean, we have this system by which we're living at the moment, you know, and it's a system that's really good for moving third world economies into first world economies, but it's not a great system for us actually surviving. We're a generation that's been raised on advertising and advertising is a very core capitalism, you know, and it's been for the last, you know, 40 years or so, or maybe longer, but, you know, the 40 years of our life, aspirational capitalism. Yeah, right. You know, we have like, to every time we've turned on the TV or looked at a bus or read a magazine or watched a fucking movie for the last 40 years, all we've been told subtly or just fucking right out on front street is buy shit, 
You mm. are what you consume. Mm. The bigger, the better. And we don't give a fuck about this world or this planet. How are we going to judge you? And we've become a generation. And I'm not one of those people who's like fucking... I have no interest in the Kardashians, but you know what? If you want to fucking... But the truth of it is that we've created Trump. We've created the Kardashians. These things are emblemic of our time. And they don't surprise me one bit because we raised... Like, it's like these, I mean, this is a comment I've seen a few times recently, but I fucking love it, which is this, like, in the millennial backlash, you know, the thing that you hear so often is the trophy culture, or everyone gets a fucking trophy. Mm. Kids aren't giving themselves trophies. Who's giving them the trophies? The same people complaining about the fact that all the kids have trophies. Like, that's the world we live in now. Mm. We all want a big screen TV. We all want to live in Well, Earth. I think that what people are realizing isn't the baby boomer generation or the millennials. It's all the ones in between who have grown up and become adults and have established a society that we're all complaining about. Right. Yeah, me. <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah, us. We're the problem. Basically us. We're so this problem. is the last podcast. Anyway, we've finally got to the realization <laughs> that we're the problem. So yeah. we're sorry. <laughs> but you're right though. But it's that, that idea. It, it's so we're taught that we're told that it's a, it's a competitive environment and the only way to survive this competitive environment is to be bigger, faster, louder, stronger, like just, you know, dominate your way through, but it's not working. I mean, we were talking before though, like uh, before the podcast about um, friends and, you know, people who are in your world and we were having the discussion about the idea that there's a point in your life where sometimes you're like, you know what, I just... I'm, I'm allowed to not have this person in my world. I don't actually have to have this person here. I can choose to be surrounded by people that I like. And I can choose my life. I'm lucky enough to genuinely mostly be surrounded by people that I like, that I enjoy the company of, that I'm challenged by. And I can curate that world. And I think it's the same. We forget this sometimes with the world, which is what do you want? What's important to you? What makes you happy? Donuts. Well, if it is, though, you know what I mean? Like, there's a part of me that responds to that. Because you do love donuts. I do love donuts. But at the moment, you're counterbalancing something else, which is that you, your fitness is important for your work and you're happy with your fitness and, like, your life and stuff, which means that your your donut is like a treat. Like, you'll yeah. have it, like, occasionally, right? Mm-hmm. But there may be a point in your life where you're like, nah, you know what, fuck it. Face I just down. like a donut every day. Yeah, because yeah. that will actually make me happier than the other thing now. Yeah. And both of those are okay things to be. But I, I think we need to constantly be checking in our heads what is it that I want? And yeah. It, like sometimes what is, I, sometimes what is it life, I want or what have I been told I want? Yeah. But yeah, but that's what I mean. Yeah. Like sometimes in life, I see people, to use the gym analogy, going to the gym every day and denying themselves donuts, but they've never actually fucking gone, actually, you know what? I actually just like donuts. And I don't even really like going to the gym. Mm. I just actually prefer to do more of the donuts. But society told me that it should be the other way well, around. Well, it's the people who go to the gym, but all they talk about is the food that they can't eat. Oh. Like, that's like I mean, self-hate, self-hatred. Then, yeah. 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 You know, you can just go and eat that. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, that's the thing where it's like, oh, I wish I could have a coffee. You can. <laughs> you can literally have one. They're available But that's right now. not why money. they're telling you. They're telling you to show, look how disciplined I am. Yeah. I'm See like, how self-control you know what? That I've reminds got? me, I'm going to have a coffee. <laughs> I'm going to have a coffee in front of you. I'll buy you one, and if you don't want it, I'll just drink it. Or maybe I'll just throw it in the bin. Yeah. Anyway, good on you. <laughs> <laughs> Might die tomorrow, so good luck not having that coffee. Yeah, fuck. My uh, Uber driver uh, on the way over, we had a good long chat, and he was talking about, he was made redundant. He used to work in IT. He came over to Australia in the early 80s, went to university, got a job, or got a degree in mechanical engineering, but transferred to this new industry IT in the early 80s. 
and he said that it was a great job. He was mainly in maintenance. So when like a hard drive went down or something, mainframe, not um, uh, hardware, not software, he would go right. in and, and fix the machines. And uh, I said, so what happened to that job? And he's gone, well, I got made redundant because nowadays they don't fix anything. Like if a part breaks, it's cheaper just to order a new part. Right. And so a whole like a, a whole uh, uh, industry of like computer maintenance just disappeared overnight. Right. And but like, also, it's this consumer culture where we think that it's better to... And by the way, I'm as guilty of this as fucking anyone. Yeah. I just like buy new printers everywhere I fucking go now mm. because it's, it's cheaper yeah. for me to go somewhere if I'm going to be there for a month and just mm. go down to Officeworks and buy a fucking cheap printer than for me to carry that printer around and fly it from place to place and whatever. Mm. But every time when I'm done, that's a fucking printer that, what, goes in a landfill or like... Yeah. Think about a car, dude. Think about the amount of cars you've had in your lifetime. I mean, that's all like fucking heavy metals. Where's that going to go? Like I have this uh, deluded fantasy behind the quinoa curtain when I dream about like all the environmental issues that I'll get to one day when, you know. Behind the quinoa curtain, (laughs) the Charlie Clausen story. That's like your eat, pray, love. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, I have this idea that, oh, I'm sure they take the metal and they scrap it down and they recycle it and they build homes for the poor or something like that. But they don't. They build fucking transformers in the future. (laughs) No, <laughs> that is awesome. Awesome. That doesn't. Yeah. That's great. I don't feel bad at all now. Oh, you know our old car, uh, Amy's Mercedes. Yeah. Uh, Topmobile. Oh no, no, the Not old the one. new car. Oh, the old it one. It was going to. Um, uh, it was going to be taken to the wreckers, but then uh, through a little uh, miracle, <laughs> late in life, uh, turns out that a friend of a friend knew a guy who's like totally into those old Merc- Mercs and what he does is he turns them into rally cars. Oh, amazing. So she's going to spend her last couple of years That's great. As like a, a like he's going to put a, like a proper engine in and just yeah. like, you know, race her to A death. proper engine? More like yeah. a fucking jet engine. Right. Yeah. And that's a great just, way to go out. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's like that Bill Hicks routine about like using real old people in and action stunt films. Men. Yeah, yeah. Do you want Nana to beat D- Chuck Norris? That's, yeah. that's our version of yeah, that car. Yeah. That car was dead, and now it's you know now that's it's awesome. in the race. You got to get some Fast and the Furious. You got to get some photos of it. Yeah, I'd like to. That'd be cool. So that was exciting. Uh, how long have we done? So uh, we Forty-five. Do you want to okay. do like another, we'll do another 10, 15? Yeah, ten, fifteen? Yeah, ten, fifteen. Yes, sweet. A go because I've got to work tomorrow. Well, yeah. do you have to work tomorrow? Yeah, well? yeah. We both, <laughs> we both have to work. We both have jobs. Yeah, actual jobs. Believe it or not, this is not our, our core income. So uh, we have nothing to talk about. We took a little break, and right. then we're like. Well, I mean, we don't normally discuss what we're going to talk about. No. Well, I asked you if you had something you wanted to finish on. You said no. And no. You asked me. And I, I said mean, sometimes no. I'll have a piece of paper or something like you know that like lying around that had some like story on it or something that I thought was like going to be interesting. Have we, I think we've managed to go. Oh no, you did. Go, you did. We went to Wikipedia, didn't you? No, or, I think um, that was last no, podcast. For that was in our footy for podcast. Rupert. Oh, for Rupert. Yeah, sorry. It was. Oh God, my memory is so bad. <laughs> All right. Um, let's have a look at these pieces of paper that I have here on my. Uh, thing in front of me whoa okay. whoa whoa you know you didn't tell me you had a fucking gold mine then. well i mean this is not stuff that was necessarily for tofop i'm just oh. saying that there's uh yeah this is stuff that was um you know that was on my oh well there's some new reality shows on australian tv apart from australian survivor uh there's like a dessert show with a guy called zumbo do you yeah. know this zumbo guy uh it's on your yeah, network yes, channel I've, seven i've been in there i visited the set uh oh did you really yes yes i had a few friends who worked on that and it is because it's a sweet show. Is yes. he doing desserts? He could get you. You could come in 
as like a bit of a network cross promotion and eat something and I'm, eat like a dessert. They haven't asked me to do that. They so if they're though. doing a donut challenge, one oh my god, get you in. I don't. I don't. It's an amazing set. Like it actually looks like you're on Willy Wonka's uh, factory line, factory line. It's like massive and colourful and stuff. A lot of orange slaves. <laughs> Yeah, M-E-A-A-A- not actual Oompa Loompas. They're just extras from home and away. They put a bit of extra tan on. Yeah. The M-E-A-A are furious. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. are undocumented workers. Yeah, they should be Australian Oompa Loompas that got that job, mate. <laughs> what other reality shows are there? Uh, so there's that. There's The Block. You ever watch The Block? No, it's funny. I was talking to one of the girls at work today because we both admitted, oh, I've never seen The Block. And then we started to guessing what it was about. So is it about renovating a block of flats? Yes. Okay. <laughs> the end. Or blo- no, I think I guess block of land. She said block of flats. Block of flats, or in this case, a heritage building, uh, which is what they're doing this season. So they'll mix it up from season to season. Hosted by the Aussiest bloke of all, Scott Cam, um, who I interviewed on the radio this morning. I was filling in for Sam. Didn't he want to turn his logie into a bottle opener? Yep. Yeah. He has a bar at his house, an actual bar with like a beer on tap in yep. his actual house. A fat guy called Norm sitting at the end. And uh, he always looks like he just could fix something. Yeah. Just like always looks like it. Even though he's like in doing press rounds at a radio station, he's like, I could fix this though. Yeah. If some wiring came apart or whatever, I could fix this. I could <laughs> knock something up. And um, I, I, I speculated to him this morning, uh, which was just meant to be a bit of a joke. I was like, you know, Donald Trump, big you know, American reality TV star, you know, running for president. Like, you know, if there was an Australian reality TV host who could be, you know, Prime Minister of Australia, I'm going to say Scott Camp, you know, build a wall around Australia, run for fucking, you know, and, I, and then he just ran with it. He was like, actually, you know, I've always wanted to be Lord Mayor of Sydney. And then he had some policies. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> like, he was like, this is what I'd do. <laughs> Firstly, park your motorbikes on the footpath. And I was like, man, you've thought about this. <laughs> The accidental politician. I finally asked him the question he's been wanting to answer. He's, play, he's, played, he's played Survivor perfectly. He's flown under the radar, and then when it came time to step up, he actually was prepared. He could get elected in Australia. Scott well, Cam. we couldn't do fucking much worse. Mate, he's won no a gold logie, Scott Cam. and he's like, you know what? I've won a gold logie. I could be prime minister, and I'll rebuild this country. That'd be his... Is he like the anti-Eddie Maguire? He's the gold logie winner that people want in politics? Yeah. I, I suggested him his election slogan could be, uh, yes, we can. <laughs> Well, when it comes to puns, well, I'm willing to believe that you're the best. You can't do many puns with Charlie. They all come back to Brown, Chocolate Factory, and that's about it. Uh, Charlie, uh, Charlie. Um, Get in line with Charlie. You could do that one. Uh, uh, Charlie and me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that's more of a headline. What if I wanted like a kind well, for of... for a show, you could do Uncle no, Charlie. Can, no, can, Charlie and me, it'd be a great fucking one-man show. Campaign slogan. It's you though, like Charlie and me. Like Charlie it'd be just, me. It'd be oh, like yeah. a good one-man It's about a guy with multiple show. personality disorder. <laughs> What's about your relationship with yourself or Charlie Clawson, the performer? What about uh, Charlie Davidson and the Marlboro Man? <laughs> Yeah, that's my sequel to Charlie and Me. Yeah. When my identity gets, when I do the sequel, my identity actually gets personality, and that is of the Marlboro Man. What about Charlegally Blonde? Charlegally Blonde? Yeah. Charlegal Eagles. Charlegal. <laughs> what about Char Colmina's daughter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's, uh, someone was telling me today that their, uh, their kid was named Charlie. I meet a lot of uh, people whose dog's named Charlie. I think it's a name on its own. The Charlie, it's a very inoffensive name. Like Charlie's like a cartoon character or a puppy or something. It's, 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 it does, you can't pun it because the pun is within the name already, if you know what I mean. Right. What about Charles? Charles, does that rhyme with anything? Charles, Charles, that doesn't really work either. No. Clausen? Claus, Cla- no. Clausen? Sa- Santa Clausen? Santa Clausen. The Santa Clausen. Yeah, the final Clausen. No Horson when you're with Clausen. <laughs> yeah, they're not great. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but Will, you can do fucking a billion things with that. Yeah, I, I, Gary Eck, the Australian comedian Gary Eck, is a very funny comedian, uh, said to me one night, he was like, oh, I could never do like what you do with your name with my name. And I was like... Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, firstly, you've got 30 carry-on movies. Gary on up the Kyber, Kyber, Gary on nurse. Come on, this is easy, mate. You're just not thinking. And Eck as well. I mean, Eck's great. Bill, Bill and Ted's excellent, excellent adventure. adventure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Escape from Alcatraz. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, Gary? Excalibur. <laughs> Come on, this is easy, mate. <laughs> yeah, you could that X fucking right for puns. When Gary met Sally. I mean, this is very easy. You've got both names working their ass off, Gary Eck. You're not even trying, mate. Got a drive by man, I love. Um, did you ever see uh, You Can't Stop the Murders? That's a Gary Eck film, isn't it? It is. It, I, I really enjoyed it's it. It's fucking awesome. It's a, like a rare Australian gem that not many people have seen. Anthony Murr, Gary Eck, uh, Akmal Sali, those three guys were really close and like did a lot of work together. And that movie is it's rough, but yeah. it's funny, funny, really funny. And it's a really hilarious concept for a film, yeah. Like it's just got a re- it's got a comical hook to it, but it works as kind of a plot line as well. There's some great performances. I want to watch that again. I wonder if that's on online or anything. That's the weird thing now. As much as I love my Netflix and my iTunes and stuff, I do miss being able to go to a DVD store and get that. You know, one. Well, that's thing the sort that's- of movie too that like would be fucking perfect on Netflix because people could really discover that and really mm. enjoy that. That'd be a great sort of like you know one night on Netflix where you're flicking through and going, oh, what's this like. I reckon that'd be, lots of people would really enjoy that. So anyway, Netflix, if you're listening. Yeah. Do you can't deal. stop the murders. Yeah, exactly. We, we want 10%. Spotters fee. <laughs> a Netflix suggestions fee. <laughs> Finders fee. Yeah. Um, all right, let's all wrap right. it up. Um, LA Podcast Festival. We're yes. going. Uh, there's a live stream. You can watch all the shows from the festival, either live as they're happening, or you can uh, watch them for three weeks afterwards. Uh, you can watch everything. It's really cool. It's only 25 bucks 20 if you use the code TOFOP, T-O-F-O-P. If you use that code, we get a kickback. And also, there'll probably be posters and, you know, maybe Wait, T-shirts. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. We haven't organized anything really, so we have to organize it. Yeah, James okay. has designed a poster. All right. We, uh, well, we have to come up with guests and stuff as well. Yeah, and what we're going to, you know, and what we're gonna do. do. But apart from that, <laughs> we're right on top of it. So there's that. There's a Patreon page where you can contribute and you can get James Fosdyke's awesome uh, regular comic strip. And it also helps us pay Foz, but it also helps us, you know, get the money together to go to LA and do the festival and stuff like that. So we do really appreciate that. And I have some shows... Um, 
um, I am doing a, a run. I said it uh, last time we spoke that they'd be at the Sydney Comedy Store, but... Um, what happened? Well, the dates didn't work. Oh. So um, <laughs> instead I'm doing a Giant Dwarf, which is also awesome. I did my political shows there last year and I loved it. Um, and it's the week before. So the 25th of October through the 30th of October, Justin will be doing support. They are completely improvised shows, so they'll be different every night. So if you want to come and see more than one, uh, you will see different shows. So I will be doing that. That goes on sale like next week. I'll post all the details for people, you know, when I find them. All right, we done? I think we're done. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson.